Disclaimer. Explain It Me is a podcast hosted by two adults who drink in the safety of their own home. If you are joining in on the fun while listening, please drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and know your limits. Stay safe and have fun. As you listen to episodes, you may hear us make mistakes like names of films, actors, and actresses, as well as other unrelated facts. Please remember that we are both intoxicated while making this show and are aware of these mishaps. Please do not yell at the podcast while listening. We cannot hear you. I'm two and a half wines in. I feel red. Can we get back to the movie, please? Tis confusion. Oh, we don't know that yet. (laughs) Dad's disease. Explain it me. Explain. Explain it me. Stephanie, have you started recording yet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just started with the talk. I never shit. know. Yeah. <laughs> I just started. <laughs> I am fucked up. Thank God I didn't smoke. <laughs> really? I'm just hot. Oh. In the face. I mean, I was sunburned, so I'm. But hot, White Claw but does that to me. Pretty in the face, but she's super thick. I'm just thinking with, with my, my dick. dick. My shit don't. Mm. You ever dated a man who made out with twins and one of them's dead? No. Mm. <laughs> Add that to your resume, boy. I'm going to take a class soon on eyewitness protection in my master's program. And I'm fully expecting to learn about like what it entails. But I'm also expecting, I hope, that they're going to be like, it's not credible. The human mind is so confusing and the way that it relates to things that just because one person sees something it doesn't mean it's 100 percent accurate it's the way that they see it and envision it and take it in it's what they remember so it doesn't always mean that it's fully 100 percent like credible you know that kind of relates to my movie oh god i do know what movie she's doing i know because she looked at my fucking notes you shouldn't have left your notes open Dude, it was like two font. I know. I, I didn't I, think your blind ass would in. see it. Thank you. Oh, speaking of, I can take my glasses off now. <laughs> I don't need to see now. I'm going to slow down, but I do have an open white claw. I bought, uh, we only that you had, just cracked open. I know. At the very had, end of your book. I was, uh, oh God, I was gone. <laughs> I was like, how can I do this? If... If I, if my calculations this is gonna be are correct, this Shvitty. is 50. Bam, bam, bam. 50. 50. 50. We're not at 55, but we are 50. Welcome to our 50th episode. If you're with us, thank you. We are dumb, and I don't know how you followed <laughs> along. When this comes out, it's going to be middle, end of September. We're going to take a break after right. this one. We are, yeah, We so Stephanie's leaving us. <laughs> I'm leaving Donna. <laughs> yeah, she is, and I'm really depressed. I, I'm still on Earth. <laughs> I know, but what am I going to do? You're going to be in class. That's true. I also have other friends who want to see me, but I don't know, like, it's like my family and then Stephanie. Family. 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 I don't like driving, but if you're in Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> family. <laughs> family. I'm very sad. Can we move to like a small town and just tear it up? <laughs> I'll buy a town. I'll do crazy rules and make it. 
however I want. So, like I said, this is our 50th episode that we're dropping. And I would like to shout out some podcasts that have been super faithful to us and supportive of us. Critically Stupid. just really friendly to us. Yes. Critically Stupid Podcast and We Have Issues Pod. They've been great. Crime Soup, which is a true crime podcast. Doom Generation, which does movies too. They're two females. We all, we both did Fifth Element the same weekend, yep. which is like kids. La- which is last week. Yeah. And like, just, I really have such a big heart for vintage, vintage video podcasts. Yep. Shout out to the whole team, but especially Patrick, who has been constantly in contact with us. And I did don't, our awesome fucking bingo board, right? Right. They yeah. made our fucking bingo board, which I tweeted. Follow us on Explain It Me on Twitter or X. Fuck Elon Musk. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah Twitter. Um, they've all been great. And I love them all equally. But Vintage Video, you guys have a special place in my heart. Just a little bit more. I don't mean to pick favorites, but you guys have been awesome. And they are the, all, the whole- they're equally all interesting podcasts. I will not lie about that. Like I would listen, I do listen to all of them, especially because they hit up all our interests. But obviously to escape our everyday, we love movie podcasts. Yeah. And I just think that everyone should listen to them. Whoever hears this, go listen to them. Some of them are more professional than us. So like you'll get we're, everything that you're missing the here. We're least professional. We absolutely all. are. We're a fucking tra- We're at the Hot Mess Express <laughs> on Dysfunction Junction. Please go listen to all of them and listen to us because if you're depressy spaghetti, I, mean, I promise you you'll laugh. Yeah, if you're right here, something's wrong with you. But How join did the you club. Find us? Yeah, join the fucking club. We to this day I mean, we've been doing this for a while now, but like, I mean, not that long, but long. It feels like way longer. I mean, we mentioned in our last episode, we've been doing this for like three years. Yeah. But it finally launched in January. On January in- 6th. Ay. Ay. Let's make it better. <laughs> but 2023 is the year of our birth, yeah. officially. And we still don't know the the hosting site that we post our podcast through we only get the data for the downloads of our podcast so we have like 20 ish people that download our podcast like every, every week, week that we put our episodes out but we don't actually know the listeners so like if you don't download the podcast we have no idea how many people are actually listening, listening to, to the us. show right? so i'm just like yeah there's like 10 people that actually <laughs> give a shit if you've been here from the beginning, we appreciate you and love you, and we will always remember you, even if this podcast goes out with a bang and dies, or if we actually keep on with it. We hope we can keep on with it. You know, we love doing this. We want this. to. We don't have any plans for stopping it. I mean, like, I feel like... I mean, Stephanie's going to Poland for a month and a half, which but I'm upset listen, about. And I'm we, starting my master's degree soon. Right. But we have struggle bust to make this to the 50th episode so it we at least have milestone that content mm-hmm. and then we're gonna take two weeks break at least oh yeah that was the important comes part out yeah we're gonna take a two-week hiatus we're trying to kind of get this show out to more people so we're gonna be working on more social media and stuff like that so and of course shout out to family and friends who have supported us from the beginning yeah. we love you not going to name all of you because it would take too long, but you know who you are. Anyone who's DM me on Instagram, anyone who shared it, my siblings, Stephanie's family and friends. I mean, no one's on social media, but they know about it. Mm-hmm. Every other, 
my mom always asks like oh you're recording with donna <laughs> and i'm like yeah and she's like i hope it turns into something they're too old me to too <laughs> yeah um yeah this so, is a, this is a milestone mm-hmm. i mean i know we're not like releasing this yet but because we're like recording I'm this a month and a half in, and in hot advance. and i'm still hot, sitting yeah. here yeah so with that i'm going to say for the 50th time or the 25th time <laughs> What movie are we doing, Stephanie? Wait, no, no, oh, no. wait. Let's not forget what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> right. Welcome to Explain It Me. A podcast where two women two schwammen. talk about a movie that's confusing in plot. And the caveat is that we that the person telling it has to be drunk, but we're both drunk. We're always both fucked up. <laughs> Yo, even my therapist knows about this show. I don't know if they've listened to it. My professors from my undergrad know about this show. Oh. Did they listen? Do you uh, know or no? You... They're busy because they're doing graduate right. work. But well, they said they were going to. I hope they do. <laughs> Shout out to Flora and Lindsay. <laughs> Two years later, they're like, oh, shit. Um, so what movie are we doing today, Stephanie? Today, we are doing the 2002 Too Soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we didn't mention it in the last episode. I so. was going to do a different movie last episode, and it was came out the month before September 11, and oh. I was like, I can't deal okay. with this right now. Listen, we're not real New Yorkers if we don't mention 9-11. The third host of this podcast is 9-11. 2002's <laughs> Minority Report. Minority Report? Yeah. You know what I thought of when I saw? Yeah, because Donna fucking peaked I, in my notes. We said that already. <laughs> uh, Danny Glover's rap name is Childish Gambino, and he has a song where he's like, are there Asian girls here? Minority report in one of his raps. That has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> I have no idea what this movie's about other than Tom Cruise is in it. Tom Cruise. If you haven't noticed, I'm doing all the Tom Cruise movies. Because I don't watch that shit. She does. Vanilla Sky, Edge of Tomorrow. I totally forgot about Vanilla Sky. I feel like I've done one more with him. No. That's it? Just two? Yeah. This is the third one? I feel like I mention him all the time. Well, anyways, that is the movie that we're doing. This movie is two hours and 25 minutes. Oh, God, I'm so tired. (laughs) And I just remember I was sitting on the couch at my parents' house last night watching this. And their dog, my dog, who is in love (laughs) with me, was helping me watch this movie. And I kept pausing and being like, how much longer do I have? I still have an hour? God damn. All right. I feel like this is Mission Impossible, but minority report sure <laughs> you haven't seen any of them no all right do you know who the director of this movie is joel schumacher no <laughs> steven, steven spielberg, spielberg. I, that was my next guess so steven spielberg is the director we got three writers we That's have a bad sign scott frank okay who was the writer on logan okay that was a good movie yeah the lookout which i've heard i didn't look who the fuck is in it whatever and out of sight he's done other shit but those were like the three main things then we got john cohen who has just done this like his imdb page is just this we got a high and a low we're hitting (laughs) we're hitting both sides and then we got an even high er we got (laughs) philip k dick i know philip k dick he was the writer for blade runner 1982 Mm -hmm. that's just blade runner (laughs) yes (laughs) It is, but I, just to clarify for anyone who you might don't need be confused, to. It was Didn't for he write me. the book. Yes, Philip K. Dick wrote "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" I'm, uh, I'm like ninety five percent sure, which don't is the book me. that the movie I'm is too based stupid on. To know. Is this based on a book then that he wrote? 
Uh, all right. I mean, there's three writers on this, so I don't know. He also wrote The Man in the High Castle. Okay, well, before you and a spoil darkly. shit, God damn it! <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Put your phone down. Okay. He's from Chicago. A Scanner Darkly, which is also on my list. Also on my list, Total Recall. And then Schwarzenegger? Has, right? Uh, no, it's, um, not Schwarzenegger. The other one. Seagal? Not Seagal. Stallone? Stallone. Okay. And then a bunch of other shit. Like, he's he has the most credits out of any of these people. Our cast. So, wait, that's the, what's the third? Oh, that's the third Philip writer, K. right? Philip K. Dick, yeah. Right. Cast. Tom Cruise. Who's that? Colin Farrell. We got oh, Colin Farrell's hot. He's hot in this. He's fucking hot. But he, he had this a was like bad like drug problem peak of like him being fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samantha Morton. I don't know who that is. Sounds familiar. If but... you saw her face, you would know. I I didn't look up anyone. I know them from shit, but you have Google. She was lazy. <laughs> Max von Sido, I think it's pronounced. Or Sido. You're asking me. You've also you also know him. Neil McDowell and Steve Harris. I know. And yes, Samantha you can Morton. look up the cast. Yes. Even I though do you didn't ask me. Okay. I know Neil McDonahue. Neil McDonahue was the dad and I know who killed me. Which is oh, an really? episode we released at this point, yeah. Do you oh know- my god, Peter Stromay is in this? He was the porn wielding fucking crossbow director in eight millimeter. Oh really? Yeah. Uh- I would have to look at the... There's a okay. lot of people in this cat. Like, I, I just refer to them, like, as what their job is. I didn't look time. this up, but Philip K. Dick wrote the book of this in 1956 that okay. it's based on. Yes, that's why he's a writer in the movie. Are you ready for a question? No, but okay. If you... Bill Whiteclaw on me. I see that. <laughs> if you could predict a crime, would you try to stop it from happening? Who's it happening to? You. To crime on myself? Yes. You're involved in it. Fuck yeah. I don't want conflict. <laughs> if it was somebody I hated, no. You'd be like, fuck that. I would go there to see it happen. <laughs> you just sit in there? Yeah. Get the popcorn. Pull out those chairs that you like get at the beach and like fold out. You pull 3D glasses on for no fucking reason. I want this to be action packed. I wish I was at the Montgomery Brawl. And if I could predict that crime, I would let it happen. Yes, a man was unfairly attacked by a group of chalk walkers. He was just doing his job. Right. But to see that ass kicking by everyone else, absolutely. It was during the daytime, too. Mm. He threw his hat off like Bobby Shmurda. It was a sign like, let's go. All right. Ready? Fold out chairs hurt. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. No shit. Movie starts. We get some really nasty kissing. (laughs) Between? J- j- we just see two people making out. We okay. have no idea who the fuck they are. We see a bloody pair of scissors, and it's like happening kind of like in flashes, like the camera's moving really quick, and it looks like someone's coming home and catching their spouse cheating, and they end up stabbing them. Uh-oh. Steve Wilkos, where you at? <laughs> Jerry Springer. Now we see there's a girl in water. She has some shit attached to her head. And then we see it's it's futuristic, okay? I'm, so I'm going to tell that. It's like a piece of wood, and it's being carved into a ball. And then we see the ball rolling down like a tube, like a hamster tube. I'm gone already. Okay, I know. But just, just try to stay with me, because this is dance. Okay. And the ball rolls down, and it stops, 
and we see the ball turns and there's two names on it. One of the names, it's a first name and a last name. I'm just going to say the first names. I only got one person's name. Fuck the other person. We One of the names is Sarah. And then the other person's name, I'm going to call him Bandu. What? <laughs> just stay with me. We see Tom Cruise's character. He is located in Washington, D.C. What's his name? I'll get to that. <laughs> the year is 2054. <laughs> Why do you keep doing movies that are set like 30 to 300 years in the future? That's my thing. So we see someone come up to him, give him some shit, and they're like, good luck. And we basically find out that Top... Top? Top Gun? That Tom (laughs) is a cop. Top Gun Tom is a cop. Yes. This is a bop. And then we get... Do you think he's a top? No, he a bottom. (laughs) We find out that there's some type of technology in this futuristic world that can predict crimes before they happen. If that were true, I don't know what I was going to say. But (laughs) maybe (laughs) life would be better. Yeah. (laughs) We see that there, we saw that girl in water, right? No. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. (laughs) There's three people in total. And they're both in what water. What do you mean three people in total? So it's the girl and it's two other people. And they're, they're scuba diving. No. Okay. They're, it, it's a pool, kind of, that's shaped like a triangle. It's a weird shape for a pool. Stay and with hit me. hit your head. I guess more like a bath, big bathtub. <laughs> and in each corner of the triangle is one of these people. So, spoiler an underwater cult (laughs) i love it it's not underwater they're laying on chairs in the triangle within the water and they're like half submerged so their faces are sticking out they have this like harness type of thing on their head and what did they i mean i guess they're on chairs but what did they drown if they had like something heavy on their head I mean, they can flip off of the table and drown or the chair so it's like it's possible but Let's not get into that. That doesn't matter. It It's a female and two males. Got That's it? That's an Eiffel Tower. We find out that these three people in the water are the ones that can predict these crimes. They have visions. So they're like clairvoyants? They're mermaid clairvoyants. Sure. We'll find out more about them later in the movie. But they're the ones that can predict these crimes and basically the cops or the police are using them to find out these crimes before they happen. How? We'll get into that. <laughs> I don't like this already. It's a lot of I exposition. need answers now. Great. Is Tom Cruise a cop or a spy in this? He's a cop. A cap. Tom's job is to basically, these people have visions and they have a computer that records these visions and then Tom's job is to analyze these visions they can commit they can predict crimes all over the world or just in the place that they're in just in dc okay that's okay more expositional shit these balls that i mentioned there's two types of balls always is (laughs) when the names come out there's two separate stations one station is called the victim station so when the ball comes out and there's a name on it that's the person that's going to die It's always a death or it's just a crime? It specifically murders. Jesus Christ. So it's the victim and the perpetrator. And then the other one is the perpetrator's name. 
So in this case... I guarantee you that the, the fucking police force in, in D.C. would get billions of dollars for it and still fuck it up. <laughs> this is what this movie is my about. My name is Philip K. Dick. Welcome <laughs> to my TED Talk. So in this crime, we have two victims and one perpetrator. So we're seeing this in action. Them telling foretelling a crime that's going to happen yes so we see we see the crime happening but we don't see the whole thing we just see like snippets of it and so i mentioned that there's two different types of balls there's there's the victim and the perpetrator but then there's two different colors of balls as well so they're all wooden though you said right yes okay but so i spoiler but also just to make this make more sense there are red balls and there are brown balls. Oh, they didn't want to do blue balls because no. they knew what kind of joke would come out of so, that. So red balls are crimes of passion and brown balls are premeditated murders. This is... I know it's a lot. I didn't know that that's what you were going to say. Yeah. This would put so many people out of jobs. <laughs> so this crime that's happening right now, it's a red ball. Tom is at the station and we get like expositional shit while all of this is happening because basically we find out that this program is specifically only happening in D.C. Okay. But they're trying to make this be a nationwide thing. That makes sense. So basically how well this program does in D.C. is going to either make or break the program going national. Okay. Because this is a crime of passion, they don't have a lot of time before the crime actually happens and the brown balls usually they the people that have the visions they can even have like four days to try to solve the crime got it kind of (laughs) okay they get the perpetrator's name i don't fucking remember what his name is it doesn't matter but there are multiple people his name is john smith he's obviously black we are looking for a black male we are going to beat and kill all the black males in dc I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a white Jew. I'm just... A white Jew? This man looks Jewish. There's no way. <laughs> He's not. Stephanie is... What's the word? Stereotyping. Okay. What has he you got? Want to cut that? Fucking curls? No. He's he got a, a fucking... He's in the Russian Orthodox Jewish... He's... he's Gorb? He's, he's white. He's bald. Oh, so he must be a Jew. And he wears glasses. We're not cutting this. His name is Moish Silverstein. And he definitely did it. Don't come after me. <laughs> but I, as a Jew, am not offended. So- <laughs> but <laughs> I can't speak for all the Jews. Listen, we're in New York. We got the biggest population of Jews other than Israel. If you saw him, you would think he's my people. I am now offended because <laughs> she said he's my people. Talking about me. Don't cancel me. <laughs> but let me get back. basically when these visions happen they get a name they get like snippets of what's happening but they don't know the location of where it's happening okay which like we're in the future they still have to do some kind of work right like it it makes sense but then it doesn't at the same time they have a crazy system where Tom is watching the visions, but he puts these fancy ass gloves on and he's using like his fingers to like rewind and fast forward the footage and like he's throwing the footage around on the screen and zooming in and shit like that. You know, that's what the future is like with your fingers. There are other cops in the room with him and it's uh, Steve Harris's character. I don't know what the fuck his name is in the movie. 
But he's like his go-to guy that works with Tom. And he's looking up the person's name and he's giving him addresses and they're trying to like piece the footage together and like Google Maps and shit like that. (laughs) So they think that they figured out where this person lives. And Tom is about to leave. And just as he's leaving... Steve Harris's character pops out and he's like, wait, we got a problem. And he comes back into the room and he's like, the house is burnt down where the original address is. So then he's like, so obviously they don't live there anymore. Let's try to Maybe find their do. new address. 50-50. We're seeing them trying to figure this out. And at the same time, we see the couple before the crime happens. So long story short, it's a husband and a wife and... The wife is having an affair with a man. She deserves to die. (laughs) And the husband kind of has like a suspicion that she's doing something. They have a son and it's the morning time and she's like going through some type of presentation that the kid has for school with him. And the husband's like... a girl doing the work for your child. The husband's like, oh, I'm not going to go to work today. Like I'll call... What the fuck is it called? A call out. Not a call out. Um, I'll play hooky. Oh. And she's like, don't you have a meeting? And he's like, I'll cancel it. Whatever. Like, we can hang so, out. Are you talking to me? You're my property. Shut and, up. And she's like, she, I think she's like a real estate agent or some shit like that. And she's like, no, I have like a closing today, blah, blah, blah. So he leaves. But before he leaves, he's like. He leaves? I thought he was calling out. No, he doesn't. Oh. He, like, she's like, oh, no, like, I'm busy. You have some shit. Like, don't cancel. He's like, oh, I noticed that there's this dude in the park across the street. They live in like townhouses Mm -hmm. in like a square shape. And right in the middle of this neighborhood where they live is a giant park. And he's like, I noticed a dude that I've seen him before standing in the park. Now, mind you, this is the man that she's having an affair with. I figured. I don't care if this is the future or not. This is a single grown ass man standing by himself. In a park full of children. You think someone wouldn't call the cops on him? Which one's your child? Child? (laughs) Right. Right. So the husband leaves. He doesn't actually leave. He leaves the house and hides behind a tree. And we watch... I would call the the cops on both men. (laughs) (laughs) He hides behind a tree and we watch the man that was in the park go into the house. Uh Uh-oh. And then we see the husband go back into the house... And the wife and the affair man are upstairs and we hear them giggling. Uh Uh-oh, they fucking. The husband is downstairs and he's listening to this. Fucking. So he goes into the bedroom and we know these rich people because they got a massive bathroom. The couple is in the bathroom and he hears them like laughing and talking and whatever. And he is just like distraught and he collapses next to the bed. And in the meantime, we see Tom and his team finally kind of figure out where this house might be. And he's like, how much time do we have before the crime happens? And someone else from the team says, we got 10 minutes. Not enough time. So they got to get donuts. You got to hit up the donkeys. They hop into a futuristic hovering helicopter. I'm like, is this a car? It's not. It's a Honda helicopter. Yeah. Hop in the schwip. Before the husband went upstairs, his kid was finishing some craft project in the kitchen, and the husband grabs a pair of scissors. 
So he goes upstairs, he falls onto the floor next to the bed, and the wife and her side piece come out of the bathroom, and the wife is, like, giggling. They're holding each other, and she's like, oh, no, not on the bed. I guess they fuck everywhere else in the house except for the bed. So they fall into the bed. My husband can smell semen. (laughs) They start kissing, and the husband just starts crying. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Now, this is why your wife cheats on you this is when we find out that the three people in the pool they call them precogs are they humans they're yes they're humans that sucks tom and his team get to the house and all the houses that are connected they look exactly the same like it's an hoa community yeah so they don't know which they saw the outside of the house but they don't know because they all fucking look the same and then he notices that one of the houses the door is slightly open and he calls back to his team he calls back to steve and he's like in the vision did the husband close the door or is it open and we see him like going through the video and he's like it's open this is like if deja vu made sense (laughs) so at this point there's only like 30 seconds before the murder happens and tom starts fucking running his team is chasing after him and We saw in, like, the vision that they had that the husband stands up. He wears glasses, as I mentioned. His wife made a joke like, oh, well, how can you know that you've seen this man in the park before? Like, you you can't see without your glasses. Like when Stephanie makes fun of me because I'm disabled. And I made fun of myself before I got LASIK. Because I'm disabled. Visually. Yes, Donna. You're, you're... I am. Disabled. Yes, Physically and mentally. Stephanie is ableist and she makes fun of disabled people. Mm-hmm. Hence in point, case in point, me. Jewish, bad eyesight. I shouldn't have been born. <laughs> I'm going to throw this empty can at you. So the cheating couple is on the bed. They're making out. The husband pops up off the floor. Surprise, bitch. Thought you see the last Surprise, of me. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't see. I came back to grab my glasses. Oh, he left them behind. Bullshit. Okay. I don't know how, because he was wearing them when he was downstairs in the kitchen, unless he had another pair on the nightstand. I do have like seven pairs of glasses. So I, I guess that's the situation. And he pops up, he puts the glasses on, and he's like, remember, I can't see without my glasses. And then he turns to his wife. He has the scissors in his hands. He's about to stab her, and Tom rums in, rums, <laughs> and fucking tackles oh him. Oh my god, there's a little person running around the room. And he stops the murder before it happens. So we see, I think Tom is like reading him his rights or some shit like that. And they're arresting him. And at this point, I'll mention it now because it's not that brought up. It's like brought up here and there, but we don't know what it is. Not only do they handcuff the person that they're arresting, they also put on, they call it a halo. It's like a headband that basically makes the person like unconscious Mm -hmm. so it like dociles them and like the person can still walk and shit like that but it's just like basic motor functions they stop the crime from happening and while tom is reading the guy his rights we find out that tom's name is he's a chief and his name is john anderton anderton not not anderson Anderton. anderton and he is part of something that is called the pre-crime division so john arrests him this is when we get the whole thing about balls and shit like that that i mentioned earlier and now it's late at night 
and John is out for a run and you know it's the future we got commercials everywhere it's like, like in the sky no it's like billboards mm-hmm. but it's like projected billboards on the side right. like holograph yeah like Hol- holographic shit yeah. on the side of like buildings and stuff like that and what's running is a commercial for pre-crime that's what it's called the system yes. pre-crime yeah so it's, it's a, like pre-cum it's, yes it's pre-crime. pre it's the pre-crum crum pre-crum. <laughs> it's the pre-crime program and we get a little bit more about how the program works. I kind of mentioned it already. And basically, this commercial also says that the crime rates in the future were, like, crazy. Murders happening, like, 20 times a day. And within DC, they brought the crime rate down by 90%. Okay. So, But it's just in its beginning stages, right? We find out later, but this program has been running in DC for six years. Okay. And Tom has been on it since the very beginning. He didn't make it, though, right? No. Okay. But he knows the person that started, started it. This is also when we find out that this is the only place in the country that it's happening. And this commercial is basically like a political commercial for a vote that is supposed to go into, like, Senate or whatever to bring this program into the rest of the country. Why is Tom running in the middle of the night? Not for jogging, exercise. Jogging, he said, I thought. Well, oh, running, okay. jogging. Not for exercise. He's in some crusty, dusty-ass alleyway to go meet a drug dealer. He's going to arrest him or buy from him? No, he's buying from him. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's not like that's unheard of. He goes up to this homeless man who has a dog to buy drugs from him. Now, the drug, they say what the name is. I don't remember. But it looks like a little mini inhaler that you, like, pop and then inhale like a vape i mean it's more like a pod i guess i mean pots that go in a vape yeah sure whatever but this homeless man has no eyes hold on (laughs) like his face is just blank or he had eyes and they're gone no so he goes up to him you didn't answer my question i'll i'm i'm going to explain tom goes up to this man he's sitting on the sidewalk in an alleyway of course he has no eyes (laughs) And the guy says something about Tom being a cop, John being a cop, and John is kind of like, what the fuck? And the guy stands up, and he has sunglasses on. It's the middle of the night. He has no eyes. We don't know at this point. I he wears his it. sunglasses all the time. He, he, he says something about, like, the blind man can't see. There's, like, a saying. I don't fucking remember what it is. He lifts his eye eyeglasses up his sunglasses and we see that it's not like i feel like you know if someone is blind and they they no longer have their eyes they'll kind of like just sew their eyelids shut no Mm -hmm. this man has holes in his face okay yeah like his eyes were pulled out yeah like they got fucking blasted with lasers yeah yeah so he says this he lifts his eyeball (laughs) you could put your dick in there (laughs) i mean if you had a chode yeah i mean just the head going in it's not that deep Lube it up. It's still the same. (laughs) He gets his drugs, and then we see John has a swanky-ass nice apartment. Of course he does. It's fucking big. It's open space concept type of shit. But this place is a fucking mess. Because he's a cop. So you know there's a mattress on the floor. There's only milk and a bottle of whiskey in the fridge. Even though you don't put whiskey in the fridge. I mean, you can to chill it, but whatever. (laughs) And one chair. 
Well, no, he maybe toilet he, paper if you're he lucky. Has, he has multiple chairs. Okay, there's just trash everywhere. Like what the fuck? He has takeout, like empty bottles, his little drug Men pods. Don't cook, and if they do, fuck them, because you know that they're good at it. <laughs> he has empty drug pods everywhere. It it's just like a bachelor pad kind of situation. He's sitting in front of his computer. And the way that it's set up, it's like the kitchen is in one corner, the living room is in behind him, and then his desk is kind of just like in the middle of the space. And he has his screen. Mind you, all the screens in this movie are clear. Okay. So it's just like a plexiglass type of thing. And he has a projector up against the wall, like in front of him. And because this is the future, it's not just a projection of it's like home videos that he's watching the person in the video is kind of like 3d coming out of the film the like, film like hologram tupac kind of i guess i mean they make it look kind of weird i've never seen the way that they make it look in this movie and anything else but we see him watching a video of a boy we end up finding out that it's his son, son. and his son is like five or six years old and they're talking about like, oh, daddy, I want to run as fast as you do. And Tom in the video is telling him like, oh, pick up your knees. And we see Tom in real life sitting on the chair, tearing up. Mind you, he's like inhaled his pod drug at this point. So he's high as fuck. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there and he's saying what he said in the video in real time. Lame. Like he's actually talking Get to therapy. his son. Your son was killed or died somehow, and you didn't solve it, and so now it haunts you, because I'm Philip K. Dick, and I write the same tropes. <laughs> so, we see him doing this, and then he watches that video, it ends, and then he pops in another video, and we find out it's a video of his wife, and they're like in a room, and she's like, oh, turn the camera off, or you're not gonna get any. Jesus. <laughs> And it's just like a little snippet. So like from that, we get that either his son is gone, missing, dead, and then either his wife is also gone, missing, dead, or she left him. Why couldn't you predict it, John? It's the next day. We see John is going into the office, the station. Okay. And there's like a little computer thing with a camera and we see that it's scanning everyone's eyes. Okay. So that's how you get ID identified in yeah. the future. Okay. This is when we get introduced to Max Vaughn's character. And his name in the movie is Director Lamar Burgess. <laughs> okay. So, spoiler, he is basically the creator of, of this the program. program. And he brought John in to work with him because he's also he, a cop or he's just the director of the program they never say i don't oh. know if he was a cop or like he was just somehow involved in like crime or like analytics or something they never explain the that. engineer he, okay. he's just an old man he's disposable this is when we meet colin farrell's character and we find out that colin's character is named danny something oh danny boy danny boy Danny the pipes the pipes are calling. <laughs> Danny is in some government agency and he's basically there to review the pre-crime program 
before it goes nationwide. Mm-hmm. So he's there to like figure out if there's any kinks or like issues Things with that it. bugs that need to be yeah. fixed. John is explaining the program. They're showing them it's him and there's like a bunch of other people that work with John there and we just get more exposition about how it works. And Danny's wor- talking about it and he's like, how is it legal to arrest someone before they commit a crime? wouldn't there be a possibility of them not committing the crime? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, like basically the pre-crog, the pre-crogs, <laughs> the pre-crocs, the pre-cogs saw that it happened and we know that it it was like an inevitable thing. It doesn't make sense because it's not like people can't change their mind and robots can't predict that shit. So that comes in later. Oh, because I wrote this book. <laughs> Because I'm a man named Phil. So basically, like, Danny's questioning the way the whole thing works. And I'm like, I, I don't know how this works either. Like, uh, the fuck? The area where the precogs are held, they call it the temple. And basically where Tom and his team are, it's like a viewing station above where the pool is. Okay. And it's it's behind glass and there's like a separate hallway that leads into it. And Danny's like, I want to go in there, like get close. I want up to, to them. go to there. I want to swim in there. <laughs> and John is like, you're not authorized. Like you can't go. No one goes in there. And Danny's like, well, I have a warrant from the general of whatever the fuck. Fuck your warrant. And and John's like, let me see it, because he thinks he's lying, but he does have this warrant. It's a fucking Yu Gi Oh card. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Blue eyes by dragon. I have authority. Oh <laughs> so they go in. And there's one guy, I'm going to call him Wally, because I don't remember what the fuck his name was. It's something with a W. He's like the main analyst that works with the precogs. So he like brushes their teeth, makes sure that they're okay. Okay. I know, it's a lot. So are the precogs are human beings, but their only job in life is to do this position. And so they physically have to be taken care of because... They're constantly under this program, so that means they don't live normal lives. So they- it's it. I would think. I guess this connects to kind of like the Matrix, if you want to think. I've of never it. seen the Matrix. Well, I know it's on my list. I know, <laughs> but it's like they're human beings. They look like humans. Everything like that. They're connected to a computer, and through this computer, John and his team <laughs> can control them. Okay. But they still need to physically be taken care of by other people. Because, because are they they're constantly in, in this position yes. where they're just sitting in this pool? Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. Yo. <laughs> Blood clots. Like, uh, what, what the fuck? Fucking, what, do they get massaged to make uh, sure they don't die? What is it called? Trench foot. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. That I, sounds that was, like a shitty life. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, they're constant. So this water. It's not water. They call it, like, milk. That's disgusting. So it's, like, more conductive to, like, brain waves and shit like that for the computers to pick it up. So they all go into this room, and Wally is like, you shouldn't be in here. You're, like, no one else is allowed in here except for, like, a select group of people. Don't fucking touch anything. Don't go up to the edge of the pool because you might fuck with, like, their brain waves or some shit like that. And then we get some more fucking science mumbo jumbo. And Danny says something and then John's like, well, you can't think of the pre-crog. God, I said it again. <laughs> you can't think of the precogs as human. Okay, even though they are. <laughs> right. 
why they have no rights we we don't really know yet but we'll find out and then we find out that before danny became like a cop or a government whoever the fuck he is he went to priest school priest or yes. preschool no priest like a grown man in a preschool <laughs> yeah. he went to preschool the like cow wanted... goes moo moo <laughs> i got it <laughs> grown ass man yeah, with a bunch of at four a tiny fucking yeah. chair. He's going to break the chair. <laughs> oh fuck. So because he says he that, was going to be a priest? Yes. So he has morals. And there's I didn't write this down, but there he has this stupid fucking thing that he does. He has a necklace with like a saint on it or some shit like that that every now and then within the movie he randomly pulls out and kisses because it's like priests like how they do with their but it's so fucking stupid i don't I'll, know what their necklace I'll, is called i'll say it i'll say it later when he does it i didn't write it down but i fucking remember i remember thinking like if i saw this man doing this i would have ended up doing what happens to him in this moment so he brings this up because he says you're basically per- like playing god because you know what's going to happen before it happens and you stop it from happening. But these people didn't actually commit the crime. So like, Jesus, I didn't even, no pun intended. I didn't <laughs> even think about that. That like, you are stopping the crime before they commit it. So technically, they're not guilty of doing anything. Yeah. So that that's like the legal aspect that Danny is questioning within all of this. Danny then starts talking some shit to John, like, about his past, and we get a little bit more info about, this is one of the, I mentioned to Donna earlier before we started recording, that this movie has moments where it says shit and then it takes it back, but it doesn't really take it back. It just I don't remember gives us, that conversation, but when, okay. While we were eating breakfast, this is one of those moments. We get, Danny says that John lost his wife and son and that it's John's fault that it happened. So he's like egging him on. He's like pushing his buttons. And this is why he's so passionate about the program. We find out, I didn't write this down, that all of this shit happened with his son six months before the program was created. Okay, so it was like six years ago. Yeah, so it was over six years ago and basically like Tom feels guilty because of this John feels guilty because if this program was a thing, he Mm -hmm. might have been able to stop his son from whatever happened to him. Danny leaves. John is still in the temple by himself. And he's standing next to where the female is in the pond. This, I got a, I fucking jumped when this happened because I was not expecting a jump scare. But this bitch pops out of the fucking pool, grabs onto John and she whispers to him, can you see? And now there's too much power. <laughs> the pool is below and above them, there are screens that correlate with each location of where the three people are in the pool. Mm-hmm. So even though the precogs are connected, but every one of them has like a slightly different perspective perspective of the visions that they have. Okay. I don't remember the fucking names of them, but we see the names. I think it, I, I know, the female's name is Sarah. Agatha. Oh, Agatha, okay. Sarah was the, the wife that was going to get murdered. Okay. Agatha, Daniel, and then I forget what the third one is. So we see that, and he looks up while, while she says, can you see? And we see it's a vision of a woman being drowned in a lake. Like, she's in her full clothing, and, like, her face is underwater, and she's kind of, like 
grabbing towards the camera. He sees this, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And this is when we cut to, there's a man in a wheelchair. And he has a bell. Rest in peace, he just died. He does not have a bell. But he is playing an organ. And to make this make more sense. Sure. (laughs) I know, it's confusing as fuck. He is a security guard. And he's the main security guard for, like, a jail area. Now, we find out that everyone that's been arrested from the pre-crime program, they're basically not alive or, like, in a coma. Remember I mentioned the halo thing? Yeah. All the people that have been arrested have this halo thing, and they're just in tubes. Okay, so instead of a prison, they're in their own little mail chute they're in their brain prison okay they're still going through shit in their head but they can't physically move he says something like oh yeah the music soothes the prisoners so john goes to him because the vision i don't know how this is an assumption because they never fucking say the vision that she showed him of the woman drowning was a crime that has already happened so he's like hey is there this crime it's a woman, and he's like, what is it of? Drowning. He's like, narrows it down. There's only six people that have drowned, or th- that people In that, life? <laughs> no, that have been arrested yeah, okay. in the program that they killed, supposedly. He sees the footage. He's like, yeah, that's the one. And then we see that where the room that the guard is in is like a circle, and then all around him are these tubes that the prisoners are in, and they like pop out of the floor. Like whack-a-mole? <laughs> kind of? Okay. Yeah. So they go up to the guy that was supposed to commit this crime where this woman was drowning. And John specifically asks that he wants to see the vision from the female. And the dude is like, oh, it's not here. And John is like, what the fuck do you mean it's not here? He's like, I guess there's a glitch. (laughs) He's like, that's fucking convenient. And then John is like, well, what is the victim's name? And then he's like, oh, there's another glitch. Because we don't know her name. We know her name. But we don't know where she is. Okay. It comes up in the system that she's missing. John takes out a futuristic floppy disk. Right, because in the future those exist. <laughs> it's like he, in the fifth element when yellow books are still a thing, but it's the future. Yeah, yep, exactly. He puts it into like the little console that the guy is looking at. And the guy stops him and he's like, oh, you know, that's not allowed. Like you can't take records out of here. And John is just like, this isn't the only illegal thing happening in this room. What he's insinuating, I don't know. We never find out. Like, is he fucking the prisoners? But the guy stops him. He lets him do it. But then he's like, oh, well, you know, you're, what is it? Like poking the wasp's nests or some shit like that. Poking the bear. Yeah, like you're trying to find out something that you probably shouldn't. Like, if this info isn't here, it's not here for a reason. Okay. You're getting into some deep shit. While this whole conversation is happening, we find out more stuff about the world. We find, Love it. <laughs> yeah. We find out that people are basically recognized through their eyeballs. And there are ways. I'm going to put vodka in my eyeball so you can't tell. Well, no. So the guy who got arrested for this drowning murder that didn't happen, they call him John Doe. And John is like, why is his name John Doe? Because they don't know his identity. They don't know his identity because he swapped his eyeballs. How? There's a black market for eyeball swapping so the police can't figure out your identity. Okay. 
Now, how they ended up getting him anyways. You just put those fucking gla- glasses on that are like crazy eyes and like pop out of your eyes. So then this makes more sense with like the fucking homeless man with no eyes. Because no one He's can, a criminal, so nobody yeah, would no know Yeah, no one can is. figure yeah. out who he is. That makes sense. Whatever. Oh, yeah, the guy, the guard says like, oh, yeah, you can get your eyeball swapped for a couple grand on, on the streets. Now we find out that the pre-cog... God damn it! <laughs> Pre-cogs. Two of them that are male, they're twins. And then there's one... Identical? Yes. And then there's one female, and her name is Agatha. John goes to Lamar... Max Vaughn's character. Okay. Didn't know his name was Lamar. Yeah. Fancy. And he's telling him about the vision that he saw and what that Agatha grabbed him and then what she said and shit like that. And that he went to try to find the file and it was missing. Mm -hmm. And we basically find out that there's something suspicious going on, but we don't know specifically what yet. And this is when Lamar asks him, You good? And basically he insinuates... No, I'm on drugs. <laughs> he insinuates that he knows that he's on drugs. And he's like, no, no, I'm all, I'm all right. Like, no worries. And John tells Lamar that he doesn't want the government to take over their program. Like, if it goes nationwide, he still wants to be part of it. And he's like, well, we're not going to have any control of that. Like, if it happens, he's like, no, I'm going to fight to keep it. You're part of the government, and you're going to fight the government to make the program you're working for not part of the government. Good fucking luck. Yeah. You're lucky they don't drug test your ass. (laughs) I guess he's high enough in, in the, you know, cop circle that they don't. Then we see how, great fucking question, I don't know, Danny somehow breaks into John's apartment and he's going through his shit and he finds his drugs and he says something like bingo and like he he doesn't like him like he's trying to fuck him and basically get him kicked off. This is never said. It's just insinuated. (laughs) Okay. Then we cut to we're back at the station. This is all just happening everywhere. This is happening everywhere? <laughs> it's just going back and forth all over the place. The pre <laughs> You okay? What is wrong with my tongue? <laughs> the pre-cogs have another vision. There's a new ball that comes out. It's a new murder. It's a brown is one. It brown- uh, I was going to ask the color. <laughs> so it's premeditated. John is about to start watching the visions, and he has like two tv screens in front of him where he's like saying like this is john anderton case 1083 blah 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 i have witnesses so and so that he's not tampering basically with the visions so there's two people in front of him they're like yes gucci let's do it and we first get the name of the victim the person's name is leo crow john starts going through the footage and it's a man killing another man, and as he's looking through this, he's scanning through the footage, and then all of a sudden, he sees his own face. And John's own face? Yes. Okay. And John is the one holding the gun. And as he sees this- Oh my god. I preemptively know that I premeditated this murder. Do I arrest myself? <laughs> John sees this pop up, and he says something like, oh my god, and- Steve Harris is behind him looking at something else and he turns around and he's like, oh, what is it, chief? And he like swipes away the really footage. Really quickly. 
like fucking swiping through nudes so your parents <laughs> don't see. Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> he swipes away the footage and he's like, yo, can you grab me a, a piece of cake from the rest, uh, the break room? The restaurant? This, this fucking vape heroin makes me hungry. So he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he leaves and then we see the other ball drop for the perpetrator mm-hmm. and it's John's name. He's going through the footage. He's, he's freaking out because he has no idea who this person is. And we see, or we rather hear, the two people are the, like the witnesses, are are on the screen being like, what What are we looking at? That is that you? And he just like turns them off. You fired. <laughs> he starts going through the footage. He's trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. But in the meantime, Wally, the analytics guy that takes care of the precogs, also sees this happening because there's glass between the two rooms. Mm-hmm. He sees him watching himself, and then. John stops the footage and then notices that he's still there. And then Wally looks at John and he's like, you know what? You've been really nice to me this whole time. I'll give you two minutes before I turn the alarm on. I am so gone. (laughs) So John fucking leaves the room. And before he gets to leave the station, he's in the elevator and Danny walks into the elevator and he's like, I know what you did. Now, John doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Is it the murder? Is it something else? And then Danny mentions the drugs. Got it. So Danny says, like, I'm going to get you fired. You're going to get dismissed. You're going to lose your job, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what if we kiss (laughs) and fix this? You know, at this point, it it is sexual tension. (laughs) While they're talking. talking, I'm not attracted to Tom Cruise, but I will watch Colin Farrell kiss a man any day. (laughs) It's the dark hair. Dark hair, light eyes. It's the Irish. I am attracted to foreign men. He has dark eyes. Does he? Pretty sure. Well, horse mouth Tom Cruise is not doing it for me. You know what it is? It's his teeth. It's the fact that he has a tooth in the middle. That's because, though, he had fucked up teeth and then he got veneers. And I don't know who he went to, but the tooth in the middle. He does. Look at pictures. <laughs> oh, he has, God. He has a, the main front tooth right in the middle right in the center yeah it's a thing tom cruise if you're listening (laughs) go to another dentist please while danny is fucking with him more like telling him that he knows about his drugs john pulls a gun out at him Mm -hmm. and while they're talking the alarm goes off i guess danny figures out what the fuck is going on whatever he's like blackmailing him kind of at the same time (laughs) the priest is blackmailing yeah john gets away now, I have to mention how the cars in the future work. They're all, like, self-driving cars. Like Teslas. Kind of, but all the roads are, like, magnetized. So all the cars, basically, they're, like, programmed, like, predestination on where they're going. And there's roads that are flat, but then there's also roads that go vertical. And basically, like, the area where you sit just, like, rotates and just starts going down like an okay. elevator almost. John gets to his car. If you ask me what's going on in this movie and put a gun in my head, I'd be like, just blow it. Isn't that bad? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. John gets to his car and he decides that he's going to call Lamar. And he's like, Danny's trying to fucking set me up. How he gets to this conclusion, I guess because he went to his apartment. I don't fucking know. But he's like, I saw this vision. I... I'm supposedly, like, gonna kill somebody. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And 
Lamar says some shit like, oh, come to me, we'll figure it out together or something like that. But as they're talking, the cops figure out that he's in his car and his car starts to redirect, I guess, back to the station. So I don't know where he was originally going. Okay. But basically it like makes a Yui and he's like, I can't let them catch me. So at some point his car is going down like this vertical highway and he's like, fuck this, I'm piecing out. He's on top of his car now. Okay. And he starts jumping from car to car. And then along the side of where these highways are, there's apartment balconies. And he jumps onto a balcony. Like the fucking velociraptors in Jurassic World. So he gets away. And then Lamar is talking to one of the guys that worked with John. And the guy is like, to Lamar, oh, I'll find him, blah, blah, blah. And at that moment, Danny walks in. He's like, I'm taking this shit over because he's a fucking murderer. I'm Jesus's agent. Yes. And then John is on the subway. It's easy to jump from balconies to the subway. He's still in the city. He gets on the subway and there's cameras while when you're getting onto the subway okay hold on a second so okay we <laughs> i rarely do this folks i'm trying to be a professional he might have been involved in a crime and now he's running from the program that he was working with yes because they know he's infiltrated somehow in an actual crime that is going to happen right what do you mean by Ill- infiltrated like he's involved in it oh well that's different than infiltrated maybe I can't speak English when I'm drunk, okay? I'm drunk. He's he's involved in a crime that he doesn't even know the person that he's apparently going to kill. Okay. So he wants to figure out why he's involved in it, but the program that he works for is like, we're just going to try to take you in. And so that's why he's running away. Yes. And Danny's like, I'm going to catch him myself. Okay. Because for whatever reason, they don't like each other. Just wanted to recap. Okay. Yeah. Because they're hot. For each other. Yeah, basically. I mean, isn't that everything they that happens sword between fight. <laughs> with the dicks? But Danny's like, no, God says no. Instead of swiping a Metro card, <laughs> you get eyeball swiped when you get onto the subway. So he gets You on think s- you're going to jump the turnstile? Hell no. Nope. You get eyeball swiped. So he gets onto the train. He gets eyeball swiped. They figure out that he's on the train station or on the subway. John gets out at the next station or some shit and the cops are there. So... He starts running. These cops have fucking jetpacks. And they corner him in some alleyway. And the main dude is one of his partners or some shit like that. And they're telling him, like, don't run. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. How you doing? And as they're talking, John is saying some shit like, you know, you gotta run if you're cornered. Or some shit like that. And he gets cornered up against a window. And then a dog jumps out of the window and, like, starts barking. He's also on the union. He starts barking and, like, jump scares everybody. So this is when John is like, this is my chance to run the fuck away. He starts scaling a fire escape connection. Mm -hmm. And these motherfuckers start jetpacking to him. He's kicking them. One of them... Uh, he pulls the jetpack off, but before he pulls it off, he's like, you holding on to, like, the railing. <laughs> he's making sure he's okay. He doesn't want to kill anybody. Let's kill the dog. Well, no, the the dog was, like, within the window, so it never jumped out to them. Okay. It just scared, it just started hey, barking at them. you're sitting in your apartment, you see a dog jump out a window? Like a tiger in an apartment. 
in the Bronx. <laughs> They're chasing him, and then at some point, John jumps onto the back of one of these cops and is fucking riding him like a hoverboard. They crash in through windows into random people's apartments. Then there's like three cops jumping up on top of him. They go in through the fucking ceiling into another apartment. And two cops kind of like fall off of him. And it's just John and one other cop. They crash into another apartment. And the cop is like laying on the mattress. And the cop starts reading John his rights. And John is kind of like go to sleep and like knocks him out. And he just passes out on the bed. So John gets away. Because John is a white man. And white men can do anything, even in the future. John is running through the fucking streets. He's running through the streets, running through the sewer. He almost hit a dog that ran through the window. So we've seen these, like, self-driving cars, but they're still... Teslas. They're still cars that have steering wheels. Teslas. The ones that we saw, there's no steering wheels. Not Teslas. <laughs> Danny comes up in a car out of fucking nowhere, out of like an alleyway that John just fucking births himself out of, and they start chasing him. They chase him into a car factory. Oh, yay. And then there's like a fight. There's guns that aren't guns. They're like wind blasters. Like, they don't shoot bullets. They just like... Like those fucking toys that like if you shoot it, it like yeah, shoots air in your face. Kind of, but it's enough to like push the person away from you and it's cool because you have to like twist it you gotta bop it you gotta twist it (laughs) spank it (laughs) at some point him and danny end up on top of like a machine and they just start fucking bare knuckle boxing remember those fucking games that was like a red robot and a blue robot and they would box each other if you just like yeah and then if you hit its head it's like it it pops pops up you lost yeah yeah Children, don't ask me. I don't know. Before they start, like, fighting each other, Danny pulls out his necklace and he kisses it. Jesus Christus to give him the strength. He doesn't do that. He just pulls it out and, like, wraps it around his fist and kisses it and puts it down. They start beating the shit out of each other. They, at some point, fall off of this. They're, like, on a platform, kind of. They fall off into a car that's being built. Mm -hmm. And the car is being built by, like, robot arms. So, like, pieces are coming in and, like, smashing in and getting welded. And at some point, Danny gets knocked off and John is still in the car. Danny meets up with the rest of his team and they're kind of, like, walking down, like, the viewing area next to the factory. And the car is finished and John kind of, like, pops up within the car. And Danny and his team are like, oh, we're gonna get you. And fucking John just drives away in this car. Soik. Yeah. (laughs) He gets away. He drives to, like, the middle of fucking nowhere to some fucking, I don't know, it looks like he went to, like, a summer camp in the middle of the fucking woods. You know, D.C. The woods. He jumps a brick wall. Tom Cruise is two foot four. I don't understand how he's scaling walls, but okay. I don't know if you know this, but in the future, plants are creatures. Okay. He jumps this brick wall, and there are vines on the brick wall and they come to life and they start like attacking him and one of them like slices him in the neck and he starts walking away and he sees there's a greenhouse and he goes into it now it's never explained why he goes here but we kind of assume again there's a lot of assumptions in this movie we love that he goes to the greenhouse and there's an old lady in the greenhouse and he's like barely walking at this point and she's he's like, hurt? Okay. She's like, oh, I guess you met my poisonous vines while you illegally came onto my property. 
And we find out that it's like a safeguard if someone tries to break into her Mm -hmm. property. And she gives him some tea and it's supposed to like, what the fuck is the word? It's supposed to uh, act against the poison that's in his system from these vines. Like an antidote? Yeah. Like these vines are poisonous. And she's like, if you don't take this, if you don't drink the whole thing, like you're going to go into a fucking coma or some shit like that. Jealous. (laughs) Right. We find out that this woman is the one who invented the pre-crime program. What? What the fuck? We got like the fucking professor from Harry Potter with the goddamn... (laughs) screaming plants the one who invented what though of course it's a woman and they stole it from her jesus christ so he says this right so i guess this is why he was going there and she says that she's not proud that she created it the the fact that this came up was a total accident so we find out that she was doing some type of study on infants that were born through mothers that were addicted to this inhaling drug okay the one the same one that john is on yes Uh oh. so they had i forget what it's called like when infants are addicted to drugs because of their mothers yeah Yeah, i don't remember what it's there's not a word for it they're just addicted they're born addicted there's there there is some type of like phrase or whatever but basically she was working with these children that were born from drug addicts and they were doing some type of studies because a lot of them were like either brain dead or had some type of like mental disabilities or completely like physically disabled. Throw them out. <laughs> and she mentions that like a lot of these children died, but the few that survived ended up having visions that predicted the future. Okay. <laughs> so the precogs that are within the pre-crime program were from this original program that she created or started intention unintentionally Mm. and there's like a bunch of mumbo jumbo that they talk about he asks her a question and then she's like well they have visions of the same events but they don't always agree and he's like what the fuck do you mean yeah what the fuck do you mean (laughs) and she says that sometimes one of the precogs has a view of what happens in a different way perspective a different perspective right so basically like your shit's flawed (laughs) yes exactly and you could be fucking putting someone in prison for my maybe not doing what they were supposed to they're gonna do yep and he's like this is why humans he's like this is news to me (laughs) he's like what the fuck do you mean and this is when we get the title of the movie she's like this was called or this is what we called a minority report so these are visions that didn't add up to the other visions. And basically she she says that the precog that is the strongest or has the most abilities in these like previsions or whatever the fuck you want to call them is the one that typically has a different view of mm-hmm. what happens. And we find out that this is the female. So Agatha. Okay. From from the group of three. Of course it's the female. <laughs> He tells her about the drowning and shit like that. And he's like, well, where are these records? Because, like, there are these things that they call echoes. So we kind of see this happen earlier. So, like, let's say the crime happened, right? Mm -hmm. They stop the crime from happening. And then the precogs still have visions of the crime happening. Like, what could happen if they didn't stop the crime from happening? Not could. Why would that make sense? (laughs) 
not what could have happened, but basically they just like revision it even after it happened. So the technicians that work with the precogs, they'll think like, oh, it's just like them revisioning the crime because it just happened. But she explains it that basically it could be a thing where even though it already got stopped, it could be like an alternative outcome from the crime. Okay. And like I said, what could have happened if they didn't step in? They call it an echo because it originally starts looking like it. they're just rethinking the same thing that they saw. So they just like delete it. So he's like, okay, well, since these echoes get deleted, where's like she created a system where even if they got deleted there's like an original storage space to where these where you can still find these files and he's like okay where are these files and he's like in the precogs and he's like okay so you're telling me that i have to break back into the station even though they're hunting me right now get into the temple Mm -hmm. to download this data recording or whatever to figure out what actually fucking happened in this crime and she's like yes but while he's talking to her he's like really close to her and this old granny bitch fucking grabs his face and kisses him what the hell is happening we can't get man on man kissing but i can get age on age granny like yes she's like his great great grandmother (laughs) that tree from pocahontas (laughs) So he's like, I'm going to get scanned before I even can get 10 miles within the fucking station. Like, what the fuck? How do you expect me to get there? And he, she goes up to him and she's like, I know you have friends. You can figure out. You're a smart boy. Here's a cookie and a <laughs> <Yeah>. hand job. <laughs> now go on your way. There's some other shit that she says, but whatever. So basically, John has to get his eyeballs swapped the fuck out. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is like face-off, too. John goes to some crusty, dusty-ass apartment where... Uh, we take eyes. We'll give you them in two weeks. Where a doctor, quote-unquote, <laughs> does the service of replacing your eyeballs. He's a dentist. And John's in the apartment, and this guy is kind of like the doctor is talking to we him. We have a special. Whatever. If you pay right now, we'll give you a psychic reading, too. The guy who plays the doctor, he's... I've seen him in other stuff, but I can't think of what else he's been in. But they're talking in the apartment. He goes up to him and at some point he stabs him with something. And John is like, what the fuck did you stab me with? And he's like, oh, it's the anesthesia. And John is kind of like getting out of it. And while he's totally fucking out of it, the doctor's like, we've met before. And John is like, oh, yeah, (laughs) we're old pals. And he's like, yeah, I used to be a plastic surgeon and you arrested me. Oh, and John is no. like, for what? And he tells him and he's like, oh, he was making videos of burn victims. Like he was that's a, a niche porn well, on the black, on. So we- he, the dark web. Yeah, he was a plastic surgeon that did reconstruction for burn victims, but he would set his victims on fire and then he would fix them. Oh, and John okay. arrested him. Because they found videos of him doing this. So he starts telling him this before he's about to pass the fuck out. And they put on like a helmet where it's like um, Clockwork Orange where they put that shit in his eye that Mm -hmm. like keeps his eyeballs open. So they do that to both of his eyes. And he's like out of it while he's telling him the story. And then (laughs) 
This movie is not what I thought it was. Now, at this point, from the dialogue, I thought John's wife was dead. Okay. We find out that she's not dead. She's not missing either? No. They just don't, aren't together anymore? Yes. Danny ends up going to his ex-wife. No, no, in the cop world. And she lives in a really fucking nice house, like, next to either a lake. Yeah, she gets a half that pension. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, lake. It's fucking Chicago. It's Chicago? No. It's D.C. Jesus it's Christ. It's, it's like, we did two fu- movies in Chicago. No. I got fucking it's Jesus Christ. It's D.C. Chicago. It's D.C. Chicago. D.C. stands for Duh Chicago. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> So it's either the ocean or a lake somewhere within. He has an ocean. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice I'm ass smart. house right next to the water. He goes there to talk to her, and he's like, "When's the last time you saw him?" And she's like, "Oh, well, he used to come here every summer." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, but then your son went missing," and he's 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 basically like also pushing her buttons, being and like a shithead, an, anti- antagonizing her. And then she's like, no, I left him because every time I looked at him, I saw my son. You want to stay for a drink or maybe some cock? <laughs> we find out that they're divorced. Yeah, no shit. And then this is when we find out that either their son went missing at a pool or died in a pool. And John was with the son by himself. Okay, so he wasn't like a really a victim of a crime. He just it was an accidental tragic death. So we don't know yet. Oh, okay. They, they, like, it's very... Cloudy? Yes. John gets his surgery done, and he wakes up, and he has a bandage over his face, and the doctor's like, you can't take the bandage off for 12 hours, or you're going to go blind if you take them off earlier. And the doctor had, like, an assistant or some shit like that, and he's like, I'm leaving you milk, and... Svetlana or whatever the fuck. Oh, okay. You get no antibiotics. You get milk and a Russian woman. (laughs) And that's all you need. Svetlana made you a sandwich, but we're piecing out. You need to stay here for 12 hours. He sets a timer, like a cooking timer. Mm -hmm. That's for 24 hours. I thought you said 12 hours. Right, but the the actual, it's like an old school, like you wind it up. Wind it up. (laughs) He's like, stay hydrated he attaches a string. Nothing's he- more hydrating than milk. <laughs> he gives him two ropes. He's like, your right hand is to the bathroom. The rope leads to the bathroom. Your left hand leads to the kitchen. And they piece the fuck out. Before he leaves, he gives him a pot of drugs. He's like, this will help. You're used to this. And then he gives him something that looks like like a pen. And he's like, and this, since I know you're running from the police, put it right under your chin and inject it into your face, and it'll distort your face so you look unrecognizable. Like, it'll make your face, like, it's straight up like the Harry Potter shit in, like, one of the last movies yeah. where his face gets fucked up. It's basically Don't the same thing. the second one? Okay. And then they leave. He gets high. He passes the fuck out. And while this is happening, he, he inhales the drugs, and we get a, the one and only flashback in this movie. And we see that it's John and his son. His son's name is Sean. And they're at a public pool. And there's a shit ton of fucking people. John is standing on the side of the pool and his son is in the water. And he pops out of the water and he's like, oh, how long was I under? And he's basically timing to see like how long he can hold his breath. And I think he says like 25 seconds or something like that. And then he's like, oh, well, who can hold their breath the longest? 
And John says that, I don't know if it's blue whales or some shit like that, can hold their breath for 20 minutes. Sean is like, oh, well, I want to see how long you can hold your breath for. So the son pops out of the pool, John jumps in, and he's like, okay, time me. And he takes his watch off and he gives it to his son so he can time him. And he's under the water, and we see, like, John kind of looks around because someone swims past him. And at that moment, his watch gets dropped into the water. So he sees that the watch gets dropped in, he pops back up, and his son is gone. So he comes out of the pool, he starts yelling his name, he's looking around. It's insanely fucking crowded. Like, there's no way. Like, body to body in the pool? Yeah, it's like we're on the fucking subway in the pool. And basically, it cuts to... <laughs> it takes subway surface to a new level. <laughs> Like, we see that he's freaking out, and he wakes up, and we see that there's six hours left on the timer. So at this point, John still has the bandages on his face. He goes into the kitchen to grab the sandwich. And some milk. And some he milk. He made some milk! <laughs> but I don't know what fucking apartment this is. Within the fridge, there's a shit ton of spoiled food. Disgusting. So... John can't see, mm -hmm. and he's touching, and he touches something that feels like a sandwich, and he picks it up, and it's a rotten fucking sandwich. Even though there's a fresh one right underneath that one, How he fucking starts gagging and spitting it up, and he grabs what he thinks is, because it's like old school glass milk mm -hmm. bottle, he grabs the one that's green <laughs> and starts drinking it, Hold and up. then spits it up also, and this was <laughs> Svetlana. They left. Oh, they're gone. I thought she was the, no. She was nightmares. She was assisting the doctor. Mm. We see this is back to fucking um, the fifth element. The cops are trying to find John, mm -hmm. and they're doing scans within the neighborhood that they think he would be in. Like I don't fucking know how, but basically they're going from apartment to apartment and scanning people. So they get to the building that he's in, and they're like. We sense that there's 27, we get uh, 27 body heat signals or whatever the fuck you call it. And two cops go in and they're like, we're going to release spiders. No. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. What these are. Uh, kill me. <laughs> they're little robots that have like three legs that basically can crawl under doors to go in and, and scan, scan the people's eyeballs. eyeballs. Spiders have six legs. These have three. They have I know eight. That. They have not eight? six. Shut up. Shut the fuck up, all right? <laughs> I fucking hate them. You know that. We see these little robot spiders going through the apartment, and before they release them, one of the cops goes on the loudspeaker of the apartment being like, hey, we're sending out spiders to because we're doing a scan in the building. Now, this is some, like, Hoboken fucked up neighborhood, and... No, that's a Hoboken... <laughs> Fuck Hoboken. Fuck Jersey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Making enemies before we have a platform. We, your taxes are too high. Fuck you, Jersey. <laughs> the spiders are going from apartment to apartment. We see him go into one apartment and it's a woman with two daughters and the daughters are like screaming and freaking out and she's like, just lay down, let it scan you. Then we go to another apartment where a couple's having sex and the spiders like jump onto the bed to scan their eyeballs. Kill me. Then we go into another apartment where a couple is like fighting. And then fighting in the and fucking it's the same thing. It's a different couple. <laughs> I know, but yeah. 
Same energy. In the <laughs> middle of their fight, they stop so the spiders can stab, uh, can scan stab, <laughs> can scan them, and then they go right back into the fight. And then we scan to the apartment. It's like an above view this whole time. Then we scan to where John is, and John is like shoving towels and shit like that under the door so, so the, the spiders, spiders can in. come in. So he's trying to stop them from coming in, and while this is happening, he starts running cold water, and the doctor brought like a cooler with ice in it, and he dumps all the ice into the bath to basically like cool his body enough to where his body signal doesn't show. So the spiders won't know that yeah. it's a human. Okay. So while this is happening, the cops outside already know that there's supposed to be 27 people in the apartment. And then all of a sudden, one of the cops is like, oh, we lost one of the signals. And one of them is like, was it a big cat? <laughs> it would still show a body heat. No. Okay. So the spiders, instead of crawling under the door, they crawl in through a vent. Okay. And he's hiding in the bathtub under the water, but a small bubble gets released and the spiders hear it and they come hear hear yes. the bubble yes they hear the bubble they come back into the apartment they surround the tub and they zap the water okay. because they have fucking tasers on their legs and he pops out of the water wa- water water and they start fucking tasing his ass with their legs there's like six of them just fucking Disgusting. tasing him i kill myself and the woman who was like oh i or the woman that said the body signal died mm-hmm. or the heat signal died. And she's like, oh, I guess the big cat showed back up. And Bitch. the other two cops run to the door because they're like, oh, shit, it's someone trying to hide that they're in the apartment. And at this point, John lifts his bandages up off of his eye and he's like in pain. Because mm-hmm. again, he said, you're going to go blind if you fucking lift up your shit. And one of the spiders scan his eyeball and it we see the cop one of the cops be like oh it's not him so they back off so his eyeballs are good it's daytime now because all of this shit happened at night john is going to the station and right in front of the station he takes the little fucking pen thing that the doctor gave him and to switch his face yeah he injects it into himself and the doctor said like you're gonna feel the worst pain that you have ever felt in your life when you do this and we see he stabs himself and he's like in agony Mm -hmm. and it looks like his face is fucking melting but he somehow knows that there's like underground tunnels to get into the station so he takes one of these tunnels that leads into the temple okay So he pops out of nowhere into the temple. Oh, before he gets into the temple, he asked the doctor to keep his old eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah, right. And the doctor's like, why? And he's like, why do you fucking care? It's not like you can sell them on the black market. Yeah. And he's like, all right, whatever, do do what you got to do. We know that he ends up keeping his eyeballs because his eyeballs, his eyeball scan was not deleted from the security system at the police station. So he scans his own- So much pain. (laughs) He's- Stay with me, girl. I'm trying. He scans his own eyeball to get into the area where the temple is. He's just holding eyeballs like fucking two balls. He he has them in a Ziploc bag. Of course he does. (laughs) And he shakes them out. But where he was is kind of like on a ramp. They fall out of the bag. They start rolling down the ramp. And both of them fall into like a grate. And before one of them falls fully in, he grabs it and pulls it out. And then he gets into the temple. So he gets in. 
Wally's like, who the fuck are you? You're not supposed to be in here. He starts talking to him and he's like, oh, it's you, John? And then John is like, just imagine a wom- that woman who injected cooking oil into her face. <laughs> John is like, I've always liked you. Help me out. So he starts helping Good him enough. out. They start going through his memory. And at this point, they, they, Danny is going through the vision of John murdering the dude. And he's like, hold on, there's another person in the room. Okay. And he realizes that the other person in the room is Agatha. She's in the pool, right? Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, he's he's trying to get her. So they all start running to the temple. Meanwhile, John, there's like some security shit where he locked the door into the temple. But Danny throws a chair through the fucking temple. Is Danny part of the fucking Montgomery brawl? He's throwing chairs? Also, how thick is this glass that you can... It's not like he smacks it a couple times and then it breaks. No, he smacks it once and the chair goes flying through it. It's thin enough for a dog to penetrate it. I want you to know that the water in the pool has a toilet flush system. Genius. John pulls some type of lever that basically drains all the water out. But it's enough for him to grab onto agatha and they go through the fucking tunnel together they like get down the f- toilet it's like flushed he, away that movie yeah. with the, the rats he fucking flushes them and then one of the cops is like oh we need to figure out where the fucking tunnel is blah 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 and danny's like no it doesn't matter because agatha is already in the room with john when the murder happens so now we basically just have to figure out where the fuck this murder is happening now we see john goes to a gap the gap the gap to get new gap is still around yes to 2054 yes to get shocking clothes for agatha because she's straight up in like a bathing suit do you like khakis or do you like pixie pants it's very what's coming back into style now of course gap couldn't even do the research to figure that out he gets her these clothes and they're in a car. He's talking to her and she's like not answering him at she's all. She's fucking robot. She probably has like milk in her head. No, she, she's a human. Yeah, I know. But, but like she's, she's like, been... she's sitting there and she's shivering and he's like, oh, it's probably because of all the drugs that we were giving you mm-hmm. to like keep you in the program. And she ignores all of his questions and she just asks him, is this now? Like, is she having a vision or is this really like, real life? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, this is now. In the meantime, we get some shit. Danny basically is like, okay, he somehow figures out that he's going to try to get into Agatha's memories. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he's not going to be able to do this by himself. He's going to need to go to some like tech person to to help him do this. Yeah. Yeah. And on the back of one of the keyboards in the cop office, he like slides the back part like a remote yeah yeah he slides the back part and there's like a little fucking id card of who made that component with their fucking photo ingenious so this is the person that john is going to Mm -hmm. and this guy owns like a fake reality cafe where you can go in and they can program whatever reality that you want to live through and they basically, like, put you in a helmet and, like, whatever you want, you can live through it. Like an AI reality. Yeah. So we see this guy is a white man with a fro. What do you want to name him? Stu. Okay. So Stu is... Disco Stu is out of here. <laughs> so Disco Stu <laughs> is talking to some, like, businessman-looking guy. 
and he's telling him like oh you can live you can like fuck your favorite actress you can have this whatever you want will make your reality happen and the guy is like i want to kill my boss okay (laughs) and he's like okay no problem but the second that he sees that john walks in he starts pretending like you're disgusting get the fuck out of here we don't do that kind of shit you give a bad name to this industry so john walks up to him and he's like i need your help and he's like, Stu is like, what the fuck do you need my help for? And he's like, well, I have a precog with me. And Stu starts laughing. He's yeah. like, that's not true. He's like, you have a precog with you. <laughs> Just because Stu doesn't believe this shit. And then John and Agatha are looking at him. At this point, they're like in a back room. And he's like, oh my God, you're telling the truth. Stu fucking drops to his knees. Starts like praying. And he's like, okay, I'll help you. So they hook up Agatha and... We start seeing the crime that John is supposed to commit, mm-hmm. and we don't really find out anything new. And I'm going to guess that the crime he's supposed to commit is drowning Agatha. The woman who's being drowned, her name is Anne. Okay. We haven't met her yet, right? No. We, we never really meet her. Mm-hmm. We only see her in visions. We see his vision of where he's committing a crime, and then he gets pissed and he's like that because it ends basically what we've seen up to. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to her, to Agatha, and he's like, where's my minority report? Because mm-hmm. he thinks that there's like a, another vision. Right. And, another version of yeah, this. And he, she says that there is no minority report. And then she starts having another vision. And it's the vision that she showed him earlier of Anne being drowned. And she says again, like, do you see? But this time... The vision is being played backwards, and the vision ends right before where the man who is killing her, the Anne, has, like, a ski mask on, and we start seeing the person, like, lifting the ski mask up, but right before we see the person's face, the video cuts, and Agatha looks up at John, and she says, they're in here. He's like, what the fuck do you mean? The cops are there. They have figured out where he is. Okay. John gets out of the, I don't know, AI cafe or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And they're in a mall. And because Agatha can see the future, she's basically helping him hide from the cops. So they're walking. She's like, this person is going to drop this thing. This person is going to do this. And then they're walking, like, in the center of the mall, and she says, stop. And he's like, we can't stop. Like, the cops are going to us, catch us. She's like, wait till the balloon man comes. And there's a man with, like, a hundred balloons selling balloons in the mall. And basically, they end up hiding behind the balloons. I hate that you do all the science fiction movies. <laughs> they My up- head's going to blow oh, up. Sorry. <laughs> like we're, the we're fucking balloon done. man. They end up getting f- away from the cops. And now we see that it's 12 minutes before John is supposed to kill the woman, this guy, not the woman, the guy, the woman is separate. What? Uh, Okay. What guy? From the very beginning when he saw that he was going to shoot a man. Okay. The woman drowning is a completely separate crime. So I didn't mention this because it didn't really fucking matter, but. But it does. (laughs) The vision of where Tom is killing a man. John. John is killing a man. See, you think that I'm not paying attention, but I fucking am. John's killing a man? Do do you remember? Yeah. Leo Crow? I remember the name, but I don't remember what he had to do with John killing him. Right. John said he doesn't know who this man is. is. Okay. So 
he see it looks like there's three people in the room where he's killing this man. This third person, besides the fact that Danny figures out that Agatha is also in the room, it's actually a billboard outside of the window. And it's a guy standing and it's like an advertisement for sunglasses or some shit like that. So Agatha and John leave the mall and he sees this billboard. So he figures out what building this is supposed to happen Okay. in. And he goes into the building and he goes up to, it's like a rent-a-room type of shit. Like it's not an apartment Storage building. Storage unit. <laughs> And he goes up to the clerk and he's like, let me see the list of people that are staying here. And he's like, fuck you. And then John pulls out a gun. And he's like, how about now? And he shows him the list. And we see that Leo Crow is staying in this apartment hotel building. <laughs> storage unit. So. You can live in your storage unit. They go. Who says no? They go to the room. He accidentally goes to a different room, blah, blah, blah. It's one of those like the six ended up turning into a nine type of shit. Don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Where the number flipped. No, I understand what the fuck okay. that means, but I don't know what that means in terms of the movie. He goes to the wrong room first, but then he goes to the correct Got room. It. He kicks the door in, and in this room, the person's not there, but on the bed are just a shit ton of photos of children. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless you work for PBS, that's not good. It's children in a park. It's children, like, playing. It's a pedophile. And amongst... It's a pedophile amongst all these photos john is his son finds a photo of his son and he's looking at these photos and before they go into the apartment agatha is telling him like you know what your future is you can stop it from happening. happening like you don't have to kill this person sure and as he's seeing these photos so are we to believe that jim not jim crow Le leo crow leo crow jim crow Leo Crow is a pedophile? Okay. So as John is looking at all these photos, he sees the photo of his son and he starts tearing up. And he tells Agatha something like, the two things that I promised myself when my son went missing is, one, I don't remember, and two, if I ever found out the person who kidnapped or took my son, I would fucking kill him. So he's like, I've already made my mind up. Like, this murder is fucking happening. <laughs> and while... He's talking to Agatha. Leo Crow walks into the room. Er, time for a death. John starts beating the shit out of this guy. Good. Just pummeling him. And at some point, he pulls the gun out on him. And he's about to shoot him. And he had set a timer for when the murder is supposed to happen on his watch. And the timer goes off. And Agatha, this whole time, is, like, yelling at him, like, don't do it. Like, you can change your future, blah, blah, blah. And... As we think that he's about to shoot him, John puts his cunt, cunt. His cunt down. Yep, he has a pussy. John puts. Because Stephanie said everybody has a pussy. That's true. John puts his gun down and he starts reading the guy his rights. And now the guy is like, wait, you're not going to kill me? And John's like, the fuck? And he's like, the guy told me that you were going to kill me. If you oh don't God. kill me. They're not going to take care of my family. Oh my god, Danny. And John is like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck am I talking about? And Leo says that this man came to me and he said that if I pretended to be the one who took your son, oh no, that they would take care of my family. And John is just like, what the fuck is happening? I am also He's like, like that. Sh -sh -ba -do -ba -do -ba -do. <laughs> My brain is fucking 
swirling in my head. And John is like, who the fuck set you? set this up like he's like i don't know the guy's name it was just a man he came to me this hot man who sounded like he was irish he had beautiful eyes and he kissed a fucking cross on his hand (laughs) he goes up to him and he like crow grabs the gun and the gun is like in his stomach at this Mm -hmm. point and he's trying to like egg on john to shoot him and john is like no i'm not gonna shoot you and i don't remember what fucking happens but basically like john kind of walks away and then crow yells at him grabs the gun and he ends up shooting himself and he falls out of the window so the murder still ends up happening Though he technically kind of committed suicide. Stupid Agatha. And Agatha at this point, like the whole time they were fighting and all this shit is happening, she's like fucking screaming. So next thing we see is that the cops are in the room. John and Agatha are no longer there. And Danny is looking around the room and he's like, something doesn't seem right. What pedophile would leave the photos of his victims Mm -hmm. just out for anyone to find? No, I don't think it was Danny. And he's like, this seems a little bit too convenient. Yeah. Yeah. He says this, that it seems staged. Then we cut to Lamar in his mansion house. And we don't see it, but we hear that he's watching the news. And it's like a news report about, oh, pre-crime. One of their main agents ended up committing a murder. So I guess pre-crime is a good thing because even one of their own can commit a crime. But it's also the first murder that has happened in six years. Oh, there was also a, a like an expositional thing where Danny was like, well, what about like rapes and robberies and shit like right. that? And they're like, it only involves murders. <laughs> That's as far as we've gotten. Yeah. Other crimes don't matter. And apparently murders are 90% of the crime rate. <laughs> that, those, statistics those statistics don't, don't make sense. Don't, don't add up. So Danny calls Lamar and he's like... With the amount of smoke shops that would show up in 2054. Oh, There's no fucking way that robberies aren't higher. No way. So Danny calls Lamar... Lamar. Danny calls Lamar and he's like, I think we're chasing the wrong man. And Danny meets up with Lamar and he starts telling him his theory. So he's like, at first I thought that it was John because of the murder and everything like that. But like with the photos and blah, blah, blah. He starts saying all the shit that we found out through John at this point, like the Echo stuff, and I don't remember who mentioned it, but at some point he's like, there's a possibility that the technicians think that these are Echoes, but honestly, I think that it's just a staged murder. Long story short, to try to make this as simple as possible, it's not... He somehow, I think he found a recording, the recording that John took from like the jail of Anne's murder, Mm -hmm. of her drowning. And he's like, I've watched the footage. And one of the versions of the footage where the person is drowning Anne, the waves in the water are going in one direction. (laughs) Donna's grabbing her face like this is too much. I'm still here. I'm not queer, but I'm getting used to it. And then there's another part of the vision where the waves are going in the opposite direction. So he says that there must be someone who hired someone who was like a drug addict or whatever to premeditate a murder of a person where they would end up getting arrested, but then they would stage and commit the murder 
after the person got arrested in the same exact way where the technicians would think that it was an echo, but it wasn't. It was actually the murder being committed. This sense. I don't fucking know what's going on. Danny tells this to Lamar, and Lamar stops him from talking. He interrupts him, and he's like, do you hear that? I don't hear anything. I don't hear cops coming. I don't hear any spiders coming. So they don't know that the murder is happening. You know why? Yeah. Because Agatha is missing, and the pre-crime program isn't running right now. And then we get a shot of Danny, and Lamar shoots him. (gasps) Oh, shit. And Danny is laying on the ground. Lamar walks up to him. Danny pulls out his little fucking necklace, kisses it, and Lamar shoots him in the head. Danny's dead. Danny's dead. John is now driving with Agatha to his ex-wife's house. She really wants this bullshit. Her name is Laura. Okay. Laura calls Lamar while he's still in the apartment with Danny. Now, Danny's dead already. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know that Lamar is an evil piece of shit. And... She calls him and he's, she's like, John is coming here. And as she's calling him, he pulls up in his car and Lamar is like, is he with the pre-cop? And somehow he, she sees through the window that there's another person in the car and she's like, yes, he's Stupid with, bitch. he's with the pre-cop. No wonder your son got kidnapped. Lamar, Lamar, Lamar tells her to not tell him that he knows that he's there. And then we see... Laura and John are talking and they're walking. They have a fucking like deck to the water. Okay. And he's talking about their son dying and some other shit. And he's like tearing up or whatever. And then we see that Agatha is in the house and I guess she's in Sean's room. And she opens up a closet and we just see that the closet is filled with Sean's toys. And... We cut back to Laura and John, and they're now sitting on a bench, and he, I guess, told her that, like, he thinks that he was set up, and he's like, she's like, why do you think that you were set up? And he's sitting there, and and at this point, John is like, oh my god, I didn't see it. He realizes that it must be because he found the vision of Anne drowning, that it must- Who is Anne? (laughs) That it must be something with this- Murder, not murder. John runs back into the house, and Laura follows her. Him. Him. (laughs) And Agatha is sitting in Sean's room, and she starts talking and saying that this house is filled with love. Joke's on you, Agatha. And because she has visions, she starts telling both of them what Sean's life would be like. So how traumatic he went missing when he was six and she was like when he's 13 he starts running like his daddy and he's fast at like track or whatever and then when he goes to college he falls in love with a girl named Claire and he proposes to her. And like all of, like that type if of stuff. If it's been six years since he's missing he'd only be 12. She can tell the future that far. Right, so she, she's, she's telling them, like, what his life would be like if he wasn't dead. Dead? Oh, he is dead. He's dead. Oh, fuck. And we never find out. Oh, no. What happened to him? Great. Other than the fact that 
she starts telling him, like, he falls in love with this girl and that he's still, like, running track when he's in college. And then she says, but he's only six years old and the man that is chasing him is faster than him. That's fucking sad. Jesus. So we do end up that some some pedophile was took him and, and must have killed him maybe we should come up with the program a little bit sooner <laughs> laura and john are fucking like crying and john is like kneeling next to agatha he asks her something and she looks at him and she tells him like i i can't tell you i don't fucking remember but basically she's like you need to run now she starts screaming into his face like you need to run and this is the moment when we see that there's a shit ton of fucking cops just surrounding the house. Nothing better to do like good old cops. Oh shit, I fucked up. <laughs> Before the cops come and Agatha is talking to both of them, John says, I just want my little boy back. And then Agatha says, she just wanted her little girl back. What? And I'm like, the fuck? And this is when we get a bombshell dropped on us. John somehow knows that Anne, the woman who is maybe, maybe not dead, mm-hmm. is Agatha's mother. Goodbye. Twist of the century that I didn't need. She tell, she, He asks her who killed her, and she's like, I can't tell you right now. You need to run. I can't tell you right now. I'm tired. <laughs> the cops are already there. They got John Corder, cornered in the room, and they put the halo on him. Mm. And then we see... The security guard from the beginning, and he's like, oh, I guess you're one of my little fucking insects now, and you're going to be under my care. And we see John goes into one of the tubes and, and gets closed into the floor, basically. Now, Laura is at Lamar's office, and Lamar is giving her a box of John's shit. Cool, because she definitely wants that. <laughs> and it's like photos and just random shit. And he's like, oh, it's like, here, have John's crap. It's like, we, we wouldn't, n- none of us would have known that, like, things would have ended up like this. And Laura is asking, he, he's, like, talking to her, and he's getting ready. He's, like, suited up. He's going to some event at night. And out of nowhere, Laura is like, who's Anne? And we see Lamar kind of, like, he's surprised by he's this like, question. Ugh. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> he starts telling her. Nobody's so- like, where's Danny? <laughs> no. They... This is when we find out that Danny's murder got pinned on John. Oh, that's fucked up. So because the precogs weren't in commission. Together, yeah. yeah they think like, that, you killed him. Yep. Because you wanted to fuck him. Because he was so hot. And you were hot. And y'all both were hot. But you didn't get hot together, so you fucking murdered him. I should be a cop. So Lamar's like, oh, I don't know who this Ann person is. And he's just straight up fucking lying to her because John brought her up to him. I'm gonna guess Lamar killed Anne. Lamar is still lying out of his fucking ass. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to tie a bow tie. Can you tie this for me? And he sits down in a chair and Laura goes behind him to like do it over his shoulders. And he starts telling her like, oh, you know, when I go back to work, um, I'm gonna go look into this drowned woman. What did you say her name was? And Laura kind of takes a breath and she's like, her name is Anne, but I never told you that she was drowned. Oh, men are dumb. <laughs> and they'll give away more information than you ask for. And he stands up. They start fucking staring at each other like, 
I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? And he says, I'll come over your house tomorrow and we can talk about it. Bitch! <laughs> and she's like, okay. Because he needs to go to this event. Then we see that, oh, while this is happening, Lamar walks away. And then I wrote the dun-dun-dun music starts playing. Because she's just standing in the room by herself and, like, looking like the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. Laura goes to the security guard and he's on his organ again. She pulls a gun on him. And we see he turns around and it's, it's a shot of her. And she's like, I need to talk to my husband. Get me him now. <laughs> and he's like, dun, 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 dun. Like the Phantom of the dun, Opera. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. When she says, I need to see my husband. The security guard is like, how the fuck did you get into here? And she pulls out a fucking baggie with his eye, with John's eyeball. Did he slip it to her? Drops it onto the piano. Gross. I guess it was in the box of his shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't fucking know. So we see Lamar is at the event. And this is the event for the pre-crime to make it nationwide. Yeah. yeah. And... Lamar goes on stage and he's doing some type of speech and then I don't know if it's his wife or his secretary but she gives him a gift box and it's like a pistol and he's like oh this style of pistol used to be given to like old military sergeants or some shit like that like it's a praise an honor for yeah them. for for like their service or something like that and it's like gold plated or whatever who would have thought a cop would murder a woman so Lamar gets off stage and there's a bunch of people around him like congratulating him and blah 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 because I guess the program got approved yeah to go nationwide and his secretary wife gets a phone call and she passes it to Lamar and it's John and he starts talking to Lamar and Lamar is like the fuck and it's like one of those earpieces so it's not like a, f- a cell phone or something mm-hmm. like that and John starts telling him that he knows about Anne we all know about Anne and we find out that Anne was a junkie because these children were children of drug addicts. And Anne got clean and she wanted her daughter back. Okay. So I guess there's some type of thing like if you're a drug addict, you have to surrender your children. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. but like future shit. Okay. So she got clean and she wanted her daughter back. And he's like, well, you knew that Agatha was her daughter. Mm-hmm. And that she was the most talented of the precogs. You knew that your she was pro- valuable. Your program wouldn't be able to run without her. So he killed Anne. So you hired a junkie to have a premonition or a premonition. Not a premonition. To to pre meditate a murder. Yes. At this point, we see that Laura calls steve steve harris okay (laughs) at at the station and he's like you need to do john a favor right so when john is talking to lamar there's like screens within the event and we see the vision playing out so everyone at the event is seeing this happen okay and we see that the junkie that got hired is at the lake so basically lamar set up like oh yeah, I'll reunite you with your daughter. And he set up a point where Anne would come to this lake. To come get her daughter. And this junkie would come to try to kill her. And we see 
Cops come, stop the junkie, and right after the cops leave, they leave Anne at the lake. And okay. <laughs> Lamar walks up to her and he starts like, oh yeah, your daughter's right over there. And then he like, his his jacket is like reversible. So it looks like a khaki color, but then he uh, flips it out inside out and it's black. He puts a ski mask on and he murders Anne. Cool. And we see this pl- this vision playing out. And as he's like pulling on the mask, because we see his face, everyone in the audience is like, oh my God, oh, he's the one that chilled. killed her. You idiots. <laughs> So at this point, Lamar leaves the event and he walks out into the hallway and he sees a man with like a hoodie on walking down the stairs and because he assumes that this is John. So he starts following this person. They're still talking on the phone this whole time. And at some point, Lamar says that I hired you for this because I knew that you would take it personally because your son went missing. Wow. And then at this point, Lamar is, they're walking through like a kitchen and John screams, don't mention my fucking son. And they walk out onto a balcony and it's just Lamar and John. And John's like, what are you going to do? Like, I know that you covered up this murder, making it seem like it was an echo Mm -hmm. when it was the actual murder. And he says that, you know, the crime that you're going to commit. And at this point, Lamar is pointing the gun that he got as, like, a gift at, John. at him. Okay. Yeah. And Lamar walks up really close to him. And John says, if you kill me and you go to jail, you get haloed. The, the program is still going to be a thing, mm-hmm. but you won't be part of it. If you don't kill me, then they'll say that the program is a flop. And Lamar says, I've already made up my mind. And at this point, they're face to face. Like they're going to kiss. <laughs> And then we hear a gunshot go off. It was a kiss. It was a bang of a kiss. <laughs> Lamar ended up shooting himself. Pussy. He flipped the gun and pointed it at himself. Mm-hmm. And at the moment where he kills himself, he collapses to the floor and all the cops come and he's just on the floor bleeding out. We get a narration. <laughs> Good job throwing that in at the end. The pre-crime program has been abandoned. And we get a shot of the whole office. Nobody's in it. Then we hear it's John doing the narration. And he says all the prisoners were released, even though cops kept a close eye on them. Mm-hmm. John and Laura are back together. We see that she's pregnant. Okay. And then we see that the twins and Agatha are living together in an undisclosed location. location reading books we see the location it's like a farm in the middle of fucking nowhere the end cute (laughs) if that isn't the most i'm a wrap a bow on top of this shit of any of the movies we've done you don't yeah it's it's like a little too cute too crazy hit me with that trivia so yes trivia the precogs were all named after famous mystery writers right agatha christie agatha christie Arthur Conan Doyle. He wrote Sherlock Holmes. And I thought it was Daniel. It's Deschelle Hammett. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. The scene where the old woman in the greenhouse, her Mm -hmm. name is Dr. Iris, kisses Tom Cruise was not scripted. Ew. And Tom's reaction is a genuine surprise. Because he's like, the fuck? He looks at her like, who? 
In Philip K. Dick's original short story, John Anderson is fat and balding, not at all like Tom Cruise. Wow. Who is not fat and balding, if you didn't know. (laughs) Tom Cruise began filming only a few days after completing work on Vanilla Sky. Oh my god. (laughs) Came off the high of that and went right to this. Where he also had a fucked up face. Mm. Opening the same weekend as Disney's Lilo and Stitch, (gasps) which actually sold more tickets. Mm. However, because of the bulk of those tickets were for children and the cost was half price, Minority Report was able to claim the number one spot at the box office. Bullshit. Lilo and Stitch is a classic. (laughs) There's a bunch more trivia, but those were the most entertaining for me. Thank you for telling me this. I don't know what the hell happened, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I had watched this movie a really long time ago, and it's like every time I do an episode for this this podcast where I've seen the movie before, I'm just like, oh my god, this is so much more convoluted (laughs) than what I remember it being. Same. It's painful. All right, well... Listen, this was our 50th episode. Hope you were as lost as I was. I don't feel good. Um, We're going to go and eat our fucking asses off. So come back for the 51st because you know we'll be there too. In three weeks. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see you soon. Yeah. If it's not longer, but that's our plan schedule. (laughs) We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening and supporting us. Have a good night. Good evening, morning, night, wherever you are. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.